Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefney Early and you're listening to the Sports Preview Show here on the podcast. It is of course brought to you in association with a local business today and that is Train and Gain in the Mulvey Centre in Cortober in Carrick and Shannon. Now it's a busy weekend and we have a really extended show today because of all the activity that's taken place over the next couple of days around the county and of interest to the people living in the county. We're going to start with Gaelic football and we face Offaly in the National Football League. It's the fourth round of the National Football League, the halfway point, and it is a must-win game if we are to try and survive in Division 3 this year and not face an immediate return to Division 4. It took us long enough to get out of Division 4 the last time and nobody wants that. I'll be talking to Donald Rin ahead of that crunch game for the senior footballers in Park Sean on Sunday at 2pm. At the same time, in Markovitz Park in Sligo, our hurlers are in action and after beating Cavan last week, they'll be hoping to get back to winning ways and uh, get to the top of the table. All five teams in that competition currently on two points in the league. So Sligo, with only the one game played, will be hoping to extend their lead. Leitrim doing their best to make sure it's them at the top of the table in that Division 3B clash. Sunday afternoon throw-in, 2pm as well, and we catch up with Liam Morton, their midfielder, ahead of that particular clash later in the show. The women are, as always, represented in the show. We're speaking to Karen Connolly ahead of Leitrim's trip to Louth, based in Yuri herself. She won't have too far to travel, but uh, she's looking forward to Leitrim's third outing in the National Football League. Two fairly facile victories so far. Big, big margins of wins against Derry and Antrim. And their throw-in, also 2pm on Sunday, we'll be talking to Karen about her side's development over the close season and what they've learned from the two outings so far in the league. Now, in terms of soccer, of course, the SSE Electricity League started last week, but Sligo Rovers away to Finn Harps last weekend. This weekend, they are at home. Tonight, in fact, they play St. Patrick's Athletic in their first home game of the season. Kickoff at 7.45 in the showgrounds in what will be a good night's entertainment despite the weather. The match, a late uh, pitch inspection this afternoon sees that game go ahead at 7.45 this evening. I speak to Colin Feely, the Sligo Rovers CEO, who is entering his first full season, having taken up the job midway through last year. He will be chatting to us about the developments off the pitch, including some Leitrim involvement in the club in the shape of their new sponsors. Avancard, of course, based in Carrick and Shannon, they are the new primary sponsors of the club. We'll be talking to Colin Feely about their wall, similar to the Leitrim Mall here. Sligo Rovers have have generated uh, some much-needed funds for the club by the placing of tiles in the prominent position in the showgrounds just behind the main stand. So that's been a campaign that's been ongoing for a while. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Avancard. We'll talk about the development of Niall Moran and other Leitrim youngsters, as well as a bit of news on their scholarship programme in terms of how that's working on a practical level within the club and the opportunity that it does give to young footballers from the region who want to stay local for their education and their football so plenty more to come on that but let's not forget the other side of the county which of course faces Longford and they kickstart their SSE Electricity Division 1 challenge tonight against the very controversial Shamrock Rovers B team who are entered in the first division of the Electricity League this year they will be talking I'm sorry I will be talking to Dara Doyle their first team manager ahead of their first game at the newly named Bishopsgate City Calling Stadium as it was last year Bishopsgate this year that game 7.30 on Saturday evening uh, the very best luck to Longford in their 
title hunt and you'll be hearing Dara talk about his expectations and the club's expectations to be challenging for that title and promotion to the Premier Division at the end of the season. In terms of interviews, we'll also be talking to two up-and-coming youngsters who have been on the show before but are starting to make waves on the international stage as well as locally. Myrne Devaney, fresh from her two games against Iceland for the Irish International Under-17 women's soccer team last weekend in Waterford. We'll be chatting to her as well as previewing the Irish Under-18 women's team travelling to Scotland this weekend with their member Hannah Johnson called in for the first time at international level. She'll be talking about that opportunity as well later in the programme. In terms of other things happening around the county, that is just the tip of the iceberg. The Connacht Indoor Track and Field Championships, they take place in Athlone IT over Saturday and Sunday. Lots of interest there from a Leitrim point of view. The Connacht Under-20 Championship semi-final put off last weekend because of the weather is now fixed for 2pm on Saturday in Park Sean McDiarmada, Leitrim hosting Galway in that refixed game after the game was called off at last uh, at late notice, should I say last week. Sligo, they host Greystones in the Energia All-Ireland Rugby League in Division 2B of that tomorrow afternoon. 2.30 kickoff in Sligo Rugby Club in Hamilton Park near Strand Hill and they'll be hoping to keep their continued push towards the top of the table against Greystones in that particular match. In swimming, Conor Lanigan of Trident Swim Club in Carrick and Shannon, he will be taken to the pool for the Dave McCullough International event in the north of Ireland. His first international appearance, the very best of luck to Conor as he takes on the best of what is in Ireland and Northern Ireland for that particular event. Uh, it's a big event every year, it takes place in the north and the very, very best of luck to Conor as he gets into the water representing Ireland for the very first time. Venus Ed Lee, he is up against Bill Kearney in the Connacht Diamond Masters final in Ahagower in Mayo tomorrow afternoon. So the very best luck to him in Gaelic handball as he hopes to add another title to his ever-growing mantelpiece. I suppose he uh, he won the handball player of the month. Sorry, he won the GAA's handball player of the year at last weekend's sports awards as well as the GAA awards in the county so congratulations to him on that in local soccer Manor Rangers they travel to Ballasadere as their first game in a couple of weeks after the two cancellations over the last few weekends in the Connacht Cup they now face Ballasadere in what they hope will get back to get that league campaign running again they've had some really good league form they're in the hunt and they'll be hoping to get as many of those games played in the next couple of weeks as possible all the weather obviously conditional on the weather because the weather is promised not great this weekend. Carrick Town, they're away to Arrow Harps in the first round of the uh, Division 1 Cup, uh, the Cleary Landscape and Pitch Maintenance Cup for first division sides in the Sligo Leitrim League. So the very best of luck to them as their title campaign, as we heard a couple of weeks ago with Jason Cavanagh, has ended. They will be hoping to maybe be able to challenge for a piece of silverware they'll have a tough task some really good sides in that division particularly real tubber although they will have lost a couple of players to national league teams Rafa Kataro has gone to Finn Harps and a couple of the youngsters are in with the under 19s in Sligo Rovers so maybe a weakened real tubber might be there for the taking in one of the later rounds they face our Harps in the first game on Sunday morning both those soccer matches locally kicking off at 11am in terms of local rugby Carrick Town they travel to Galway for a game against our ladies boys club at 7.30 on Saturday evening they are nine points off the top of the league and they'll be hoping to beat bottom side our ladies boys in that uh, game tomorrow night and the very best look to Sean McKeown and his charges 
as they are only five points off second place in that division. So another late surge could see them really mount a, a second successive promotion challenge. The very best of luck to them. While in Division 1A, Sligo travelled to bottom side Buccaneers in a crunch relegation battle. It's Sligo's second team and they are 10 points ahead Apologies, they're four points ahead of Buccaneers at the bottom of the table. A victory, a bonus point victory for Sligo would see them uh, put a bit of daylight between themselves and Buccaneers in what is effectively a two-horse race to see who will be relegated from Division 1A in Connacht. So the very, very best of luck to them. Now, let's get into the meat of the show. Uh, but that's kind of the, the main bulk of what's happening around the county in terms of a news roundup and fixtures. Hopefully that won't be disturbed by the weather, but I will say please check with the clubs on their social media accounts as to whether those games do go ahead. There may be venue changes, there may be time changes, there may be cancellations because of the very, very inclement weather that we are finding around the county today and promised for over the weekend. Anyway, let's get on with the interviews. We're going to start with Gaelic Games, where we'll be talking, first of all, with Donald Wren of the Leitrim Senior Footballers about their crunch game against Offaly on Sunday afternoon. Now, it's been a mixed bag for Leitrim in the Allianz National Football League Division 3 campaign so far. A great result in Derry with a draw against the home side. Cork came to Park Shaw and went away with both league points. And then there was the outing against Longford two weeks ago. Donald Wynn joins me now to discuss how the side have been getting on since that disappointing result in Longford. Donald, welcome back to the programme. Thanks, Lenny. Great to be back. How, what's the mood like in the camp after that game against Longford? Um, yeah, look, it, it's actually uh, it's, it's fairly upbeat to be honest. Um, you know, we had quite a strong performance up in Derry, and we're a bit disappointed not to come away with two points. That's uh, we, we played some some really good football for the majority of the game. To be fair, um, Cork, we played well in patches, but you know we were disappointed. With that kind of spell before half time and, and we didn't just click into gear then in the second half and to be honest Longford was fairly similar we, we had a fairly strong first half in, playing into a, a very difficult breeze and um, we, we did quite well there um, second half obviously um, didn't go our way we spent a bit of time looking at that and um, you know figured out figuring out really where, where we went wrong and um, no I think I think as a group we've responded quite well and um, we've a week and a half of uh, solid training under our belts, and um, I think looking into the weekend now we're in good shape. What can you tell us about that analysis? Where have you identified some of the issues from that game? <laughs> well, look, I don't want to give away too much. Um, no, look, there, there's some there's some obvious things there. We were a little bit open at the back um, in the second half, particularly against Longford. I know we were man down for patches, but um, for for a good chunk of it, but. Um, even before that, we, we were a little bit open, so we've, we've taken a look at that. Um, I suppose our, our kind of movement and for our kickouts, and um, you know, we're probably not getting the percent, percentages on the kickouts that we'd like to have done. So there's a bit of work that's been done on that. But um, yeah, like I said, um, we're just we're, the guys are responding fairly well to it, and, and um, we're, we're fairly fairly good in it, I think. From your own point of view. What's the difference this year between Division Three and having played in Division Four in the past? Ah, yeah. Look, you get punished for your mistakes um, pretty much without fail in Division Three. I think in Division Four you could probably get away with um, some of the some mistakes and 
you know, even simply giving the ball away. Um, you'd often get away with that in Division 4. That doesn't happen in Division 3. Um, but I think for us to progress uh, as a team, I think it's great that we're playing uh, at that uh, higher level. Doing it towards the how are, th- how are you feeling ahead of the game on, on Sunday physically in good shape are you happy out you've ha- done really well in the game so far um, yeah look I suppose I hadn't played um, it's over 12 months since I played in the county game and um, I probably hadn't played at, 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 at such an intense level um, for that length as well um, and the 70 minutes it both take the toll as well so no I definitely felt it after the first kind of block at three games you always do but I think this year I felt it more so than, than ever um, but no thankfully now we're starting to uh, starting to come back around and uh, I think it should be fairly fresh now for the weekend so no, I'm enjoying it How difficult is it to come back after that break from the inter-county scene does it take you a while to get back up to speed? Uh, yeah look it certainly does uh, don't any denying that um, yeah look I was lucky, I was lucky enough last year but I played a lot of football with my club. Um, we didn't have the most successful year, but I, I think they played nearly all our games, maybe bar one. Um, so that definitely just keeping in touch definitely has. Um, but it it is another step up from from club level, uh, definitely in Leitrim. So um, it, it is it is a big step up. But I think outside of outside of the matches, like I mean, the whole kind of I suppose the commitment that's involved, um, you know, in terms of the preparation, even you know the. Um, fairly structured gym programs and all the rest. Um, kind of getting back into that routine takes a little bit of time, but um, a couple of weeks out of the near year, probably fairly up to pace. Um, the games themselves, then just the extra ten minutes, you wouldn't believe the toll it takes on your body. Like um, I suppose, I think the games recently. I know I was watching Dublin Monaghan there before the break. They played. I think they played eighty minutes. You know, so most of the games are probably going on close to the 80-minute mark, which is considerably more than what you play in a club game. So it definitely makes it a little bit more difficult. But um, yeah, look, I think I'm, I think I'm getting there anyway. In terms of your your outside life, life outside of football, not playing county football, it must be great to have a kind of maybe a social life again, spend time with friends, family, loved ones. How is it kind of losing that part of your life? You, not necessarily losing it, but reducing that amount of time you can give to that side of your life again, having had the experience of, of having that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know really. Like last year, I suppose I, um, it was work really that was keeping me away from from um, playing with Leitrim. It wasn't that I needed a break or anything like that. I, I just I couldn't commit with with work commitments at the time. Um, so I didn't. <laughs> as it turns out, I didn't have. A whole pile of free time, um, but I suppose this year uh, I'm actually living and working down in Kilkenny at the moment, so that's kind of an added um, problem to overcome. I suppose um, it's only a short term, a short term thing, but um, I suppose it does take its toll. You don't have much time for for socialising and the likes of you said. Well, listen, Donald. It sounds like you've got plenty of time in the car, at least, to uh, to listen to Leitrim Daily and keep up in touch with everything that's happening from home. So, I hope we're helping you in that regard. I'm sure you're familiar with a, a fair few of the podcasts at this stage with all the driving you're doing. Thanks very much, and for joining me. And the very, very best of luck to you and the lads on Sunday afternoon. Thanks very much for having us, Preston. Cheers. Now, after a big game of musical chairs last Saturday. 
The Leitrim Hurlers ended up playing their game in Breffney Park. It was originally fixed for Ballinamore, then Bell Turbot, and moved at the last moment to Cavan Town. Uh, Liam Morton joins me now to discuss what ended up as a good result for Leitrim Hurlers. 13 points to 5, the final margin of victory over their hosts in the end, Cavan. Liam, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Breffney. Thank you. It must be exciting to get back into it and finally have a win on the table. A disappointing result against Fermanagh. Now it's back to business as usual for Leitrim Hurlers. Yeah, definitely. Look, at we we needed the win, and uh, we, we knew what we had to do. You know, after narrowly losing to Fermanagh a couple of weeks before that, you know, we were very disappointed. So, look, at we, we were coming out of Cavan with nothing more than a win. You know, in terms of the game, obviously the weather conditions absolutely horrendous. The under twenties match was called off at the same time, almost the same afternoon. What was the conditions like to play in? I was dreadful. Now, I suppose the morning of the game, everyone was asking questions, was this game going to go ahead at all? And we arrived up to uh, Breffney Park and conditions just seemed to get worse and worse, you know, between it freezing and raining and then a shower of hailstones in the middle of the second half. You know, it, it was very, very difficult um, for both teams, I suppose. Um, there was a very, very strong wind. We had the wind uh, behind our backs in the first half and it, I suppose that really helped us to push on, you know. And we, we I think it was something like 10 points to three at half time. So we just said in the second half then, you know, we'll, we'll just try and keep the ball and that's what we did. We outscored them actually in the second half as well, which was surprising, you know. Yeah, no, it, it seemed like a miracle that the game went ahead. It was, of course, moved, as we said, a couple of times. How much of a distraction is that in the build-up to a National League game when it's in one venue and you get your head around that and then it's moved and then moved again. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, we weren't very happy with it. The manager rang me the morning of the game um, and was like, what will we do? Because uh, he was a bit annoyed about the whole situation. I think it was it was a bit late in notice, being told three hours before uh, a National League game that uh, the game was, first of all, that the venue was being changed and then secondly, that the game was being brought an hour forward, which I thought was an absolute disgrace, you know, because we've lads travelling from Cork and Dublin and and it was just very, very tight for us to get there in time. Like we had to be there an hour ahead of schedule, and I thought it was a bit unfair, to be honest. That at county standard, um, regardless of what county you are, Leitrim or Kilkenny or Cork, you know, we all deserve to be treated the same. And um, I, I, I feel that didn't happen us on Saturday, you know. Well, that's probably the reason we weren't at the game. Well, actually, no, it's definitely the reason we weren't at the game because the game was changed so late that by the time we realised it, I never would have got to Cavan in time, so I didn't go over. It was disappointing from our end, but from a player's point of view, can you put that out of your mind in the dressing room 10 minutes, 15 minutes before you go out for that match? Ah, look, it, it, the lads were annoyed, you know, travelling to the game and that, but once we got to the dressing room and got settled in and got our warm-up done, it, we had forgotten about it. You know, you had to, there's no point in, in bearing down on these things, but... It, it wasn't good enough, you know, but lads did forget about it and we, we certainly used it to our advantage. We said we were coming out of Cavan with a with a win without uh, any doubt, you know, and that we did. Carl McDermott hit a, a load of points early on in the game and really set the, the result up for you. How big of a player has he been for the, the side over the last couple of years? I look, Carl is a huge player and um, really stepped up to the mark. We, we had no free taker. Uh, Gavin O'Hagan w- with his red card against Romana, I suppose he, he he wasn't allowed to play, and then one of our other free takers, Sean O'Reardon, who was due to start, so was sick, so he was out as well. So Carl stepped up to the mark, and I have to say, you know, he he really he really did keep us in the game in the first half and second half. You know, his free taking was exceptional, and I just have to uh, tell him fair play for that. You know, should Sean and Gavin be worried about their free taking position ah, in the team? Look at. 
I don't think they'll be worried, but at the same time, we, we know now that there's there's other lads that can step up to the mark under pressure, and Carr really proved that on Saturday, you know, so fair play to him. Now, this Sunday, trip to Markovitz Park, you know, it's definitely happening in Markovitz Park. There's no storm forecast. Sligo, the opponents, obviously, uh, you know them very, very well over the years at club and county level. How do you approach a game like this on Sunday when you know your opposition so well? Ah, look, we know what Sligo are going to bring to the game. They're, they're going to bring serious intensity. They've after winning the Nicky record last year. You know their confidence is up, um, and so why shouldn't it be? You know, but um, we we don't fear Sligo whatsoever. We we know them pretty well, um, and I know if if the lads can match the intensity that Sligo is going to bring, which I know we will, there's nothing to say we won't take Sligo on Saturday or Sunday. Should I say? In terms of that. I suppose, outlook on, on the game. As you mentioned, Nicky Racker, champions last year. You've come up from the Laurie Marr. If you can compete with Sligo on this level, is there a reason to believe you can go on and actually uh, reach a final or maybe even win the Nicky Racker Cup this year? Absolutely, yeah. Look, there was never anything between us and Sligo. Sligo really upped the ante last year and, you know, I have to give it to ourselves as well. Leitrim Hurling, uh, there was a lot of work put in the last couple of years and last year proved that too. Um, we are going places up we're, it's up the ladder we're going in the more than Sligo so there's absolutely no reason as to why we can't match what Sligo did last year and you know I really believe in the lads and the management structure that's there at the minute you know there's there's absolutely no reason why we can't go up the, the steps of the Hogan stand next June again you know if we put our minds to it and look if we, we need to get a win under our belt the first round of Nicky Rackard and take it from there you know but we're using this league as a platform to build on and you know we were unfortunately fair enough against Romana. We 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 proved the last day against Cavan who we were, and you know that we are a, an upcoming team. And there's nothing to say we we can't give Sligo a good game and give them a run for their money, you know, on Sunday as well. Will that Romana result come back to bite you at the end of the league when the finals are are being decided? Well, look at hopefully not. Look at we we can't win it now. It's it's past us. We just have to move on. We have Sligo and Lancashire left, so we just have to focus on what's in front of us and one game at a time. So our focus at the minute is just solely on Sligo, you know, and coming out of Markovich Park on Sunday with a win. Now, you mentioned new management, or you mentioned that you're happy with the management this year. Ulkin Conway obviously has come in there with a, a kind of a new team, some new faces in the management team, but you're very familiar with them from your club days with St Mary's and with Carrick Hurland, should I say. In terms of the um, <clears throat> the future going forward, what impact have they had on the, the team since last year's uh, Laurie Mara final? Oh, look, I suppose a change is always good, and... We all know there was a lot of controversy uh, around the management side of things, but I'm not going to get into that. But look, a change is always good. And we have to say, like since the lads have come in, they've brought something new to the table. Even though a lot of lads, the Carrick lads, would have known the Ulcan through Carrick Hurl and Alan O'Shea's selector. And, but we've Clyde Beatty in there from Manor Hamilton. Then we've uh, a trainer, Adrian Moran, is in doing a, a few trainings with us every week. So like you know, the, the whole thing has really changed up and lads have really clicked and it, I, I strongly believe it's, it's bringing us on another notch, you know. So everyone's uh, giving it hell for leather in training. And, you know, there, there it's, there's a lot of places up for grabs there. Like nobody has a guaranteed position or guaranteed jersey from 1 to 15. Like, so it's it's fantastic, you know, that there is great numbers and there is lads to take any position, you know. If you're not up to the mark, you know, there's a lad, better, a, a lad just as good and better to come on, you know. Well, listen, Liam, thanks very much for spending a bit of time with us this morning. Uh, great to chat to you and the very, very best of luck to you on your uh, challenge against Sligo on Sunday afternoon at 2pm in Markovic Park. I'm sure, sure all support will be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Thanks a million, Brefney. Appreciate it.
Now, the final side to talk about an intercounty action this weekend is the ladies footballers, and they face their third game in their National League campaign in Division 4 of the Women's Football National League. I'm joined by Karen Connolly, who's been in the Leitrim team for the first two outings. Karen, welcome back to the programme. Thank you very much. It's, Thanks for having me. It's been a, a bit of a big margin in both of the games so far. How much can we read into what have been very, very one-sided games for Leitrim ladies in their return to Division 4 action? Um, yes, yeah, so I suppose Derry was our first game and it was a way, I suppose it was great to get uh, a win off in the start of the league. Um, we travelled up to Derry to Umbeg, so we were playing on a 3G pitch, was probably favoured us maybe because we hadn't played on that before. We were playing on kind of mucky surfaces, so the legs were a bit uh, fresher when we got onto the hard surface, so kind of that suited us a wee bit, I think. Um as for the Antrim game, um, yeah, like slightly game different a, conditions for the Antrim game then. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that the Antrim game was a totally different game. Like conditions um, on the day were awful. Like I think was it Storm Kira hit maybe on the Saturday, and we were playing Sunday, so you know we didn't even know until that morning that the game was going to go ahead. And then when it did go ahead, you know the pitch it was very wet, it was heavy, the ball, you know, it stuck in the ground the conditions for the Antrim game were very, very poor. But look, I suppose at the end of the season, I should take away from it. Like The conditions were the same for both teams. Um, we put in a really good performance. We worked well as a team, you know, moving the ball through the hands. Um, and girls did really well up front and getting scores. Yeah, there, it's nice to see some new names on the team sheet and some new names on the score sheet, and particularly Leah Fox last week, uh, when it came to the crunch, four goals. Not bad for a, a 17-year-old coming into the team for her first season. Yeah, Leah done really well. Um, I suppose it's kind of she had a good few players up there with her that had played senior football before, so it kind of probably helped her along as well. Um, but yeah, she finished very well, so she was very happy with the game. Not really a surprise to anyone who's been following ladies' sport in the county for the last couple of years. But at the same time, still taking that step up, it's a big, big ask for some girls. Talk about your own performance for the last two games. You're a defender in that team. You've only conceded a couple of points in both games so how much have you learnt about your defensive unit in the last two matches um yeah i suppose <clears throat> the defensive team or I suppose the defensive structure that you know I suppose we're trying to set up is working you know working for each other off the ball not on all the ball um mm. you know them short runs is kind of what we're trying to achieve and setting up uh, a good defense structure maybe even bringing back some of the half forwards uh, midfield um, when needed and then attacking with them as well I suppose the defence really hasn't been tested but I think this weekend now when we play loud I suppose that would be the real test for us they're kind of sitting on the same position we are they've won two games we've won two so it's just all to play for In terms of the, the differences between this season and last obviously we've all heard about the, the issues that have been going on in ladies football in the county for the last couple of years it's great to see you back on the front foot again how has uh, or what has happened that's so different from a player's point of view? Um, from a player's point of view, I suppose there's a number of things really that have aided to it. Um, management obviously has come in a lot earlier. Um, we've got new management um, on board this year and it's great. I suppose it's kind of add a breath of fresh air to the team. Um, more girls have come out as well, which makes training you know, a lot easier. <clears throat> you know, you have big panels, you can get game time um, at training as well, which you know, encourages people to come out 
Um, the competition for places is really high, so you know nobody ever feels safe on the team. So, so that drives you to go to training as well, even on these cold, wet evenings when sometimes you know you know be inclined to miss it, but you don't. You just turn up because you know if you don't turn up, there's no chance of you getting playing. Now you're kind of training all over the place at the moment. You've got from all over the county, as you mentioned. There's a really, really big panel. You're based in Newry on a day-to-day basis. There must be a fair amount of travel involved in your life at the moment. Um, yeah, I suppose. Based on your yeah, I live in your during the week um, just for convenience, um, work-wise. But um, I don't really mind the traveling. I suppose like it's like with every inter-county footballer and club footballer across um, the length and breadth of Ireland, you kind of have to train. Like we're not fortunate enough to have um, jobs really in kind of rural Ireland where we're kind of from. So you kind of just have to do the traveling, which you know it can be annoying and it can get draining at times. But you just have to look after yourself and be well prepared. Well, that's maybe an hour and a half round, hour, an hour and a half each way for training, a couple of times a week. What do you do in the car to kind of keep your mind occupied, or just to keep yourself, I suppose, still interested and prepared to make that journey? Because it can be an awful long slog when you're kind of doing that commute two or three times a week just for football. <clears throat> yeah, I suppose it can, uh, and I suppose I'm lucky enough, uh, probably calling people even just to talk about training talk about games but then I suppose you kind of have to take your mind off the games as well because you can't be constantly thinking about it as well um, so even just listening to podcasts you know the radio that sort of thing just keep my mind occupied all the time um, and don't kind of focus too much and overthink it What's it like having so many players in the squad? You talked about the competition for places, but there's, I think, over 40 players in your squad at the moment. Is that realistic? Can you see the mood in the camp, particularly maybe the girls who haven't seen much game time so far this year? Can you keep those girls involved in the squad? Um, yeah, I think, Chan, like we all know that the, you know no position is safe. Like I said, the competition is really high, and it's kind of like what you expect of a county panel. Like there's uh, Most county panels across the country are you know, on them numbers and yeah, like you say, on game days, they all can't line out on the team sheet, which is, it is pretty hard and it's, you know, it's a hard blow to take when you're not named, even though you've put in just as much effort as the girls sitting beside you. Um, but we all are aware that the panel, you know, will be rotated. Your position isn't safe just because you were playing in the last game. Um, <clears throat> even just on from last year, if you're talking about it, like last year was a pretty disappointing year for us. You know, we had a smaller panel and I suppose coming into this year, what we were just looking to do was looking to build and set a higher standard of football across the county, you know, for Leitrim ladies. And I think that's what we're doing this year. So it's going to benefit the next generation um, coming through as well, from minors down to under 16, that they're going to have, you know, a higher standard of football set to them. And hopefully they'll be able to build on that then. Of course, Louder in action uh, this Sunday, 2pm in Cooley GA Club up there in Loud. Are you expecting much of a crowd to travel from Leitrim? Um, hopefully we are. Like the weather isn't favouring us again. <laughs> I don't think it's given too good a weather, but yeah, hopefully we'll get a number of supporters that'll follow us um, up to it. I know it's a bit of a trek now going right the whole way to Cooley, but hopefully we'll get some. Well, if you're travelling from Newry, it's not the worst place in the world. <laughs> no, I'm actually pretty lucky. It's only going to take me about twenty minutes and half an hour to go back, so um, they'll hardly be on. They'll only be off the M1, and I'll be home. <laughs> It's it's probably uh, it's probably easier to get there than it is sometimes from home to to Carrick and Shannon or wherever you're playing for Leitrim. I suppose actually yeah on that like um, we do travel all over, but sometimes when if I was to leave training and to go from um, training to Newry or training to Rosinbar, 
Um, I could be just as well off just going back to Newry because Newry, the roads are better going to it and I don't have to get up as early for work in the morning because I work in Kingscourt. So if I go from Leitrim to Kingscourt, it's nearly an hour and a half, two hours, whereas when I go from Newry, it's only 40 minutes. So it's catch-22 really on where, you know, where I sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, on that note, Karen Connolly, uh, the very, very best look on Sunday afternoon against Loud in Division 4 of the Women's National League. Hopefully you keep the, the winning run going and the very, very best look to you and your teammates on Sunday afternoon. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Now, it's been a couple of months in the waiting, but finally the SSE Electricity League returns to the region. Sligo Rovers at home for their first home game of the season. They host St. Patrick's Athletic on Friday night because there's also a game on Monday. They travel to Dalymount Park to play Bohemians uh, over the weekend. It's a busy weekend and I'm joined by the CEO of Sligo Rovers, Colin Feely, to talk about developments off the pitch in the off-season and also how the team is faring out into this new 2020 season. Colin, welcome to the show. Hi, Bethany. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Now, obviously, you're coming into your second season in as CEO of the club and there's been a lot of developments off the pitch. Let's deal with that first before we get into how the team are performing on the pitch. First of all, from a local point of view here in County Leitrim, great to see a good local Leitrim business, albeit a national focused business, avant-garde on the front of the jersey. That's a great sign-in for the club. Yeah, we were delighted to get it over the line. Um, It was something that we've kind of been speaking to them and dealing with them probably November and December and finally we were able to announce it in, in January. Um, I think everyone is happy with the new jerseys. Uh, the home and away one is out now since um, maybe a couple of weeks ago and everyone's delighted with the design of it and how they look and I think everyone will agree that it looked pretty nice up in uh, Finn Harps on Friday night. Um, and it's great to have a, a company the size of Avancard. You know, they, they, they're great for the region in terms of employment and um, they, they employ plenty of people in this region from Leitrim, Roscommon, Longford and Sligo. So um, it's great to have them on board, definitely. Yeah, they really have literally been the lifeblood here for so many families within the community here in South Leitrim and, and beyond, as you mentioned. So obviously they've come on board in a big way. I see their staff are now wearing jerseys to work and all sorts of kind of extra promotional stuff for the club. But it must be nice to have a sponsor that really engages at that level and kind of gets involved, not just providing a check, although that is important, of course. No, definitely. Yeah, we want to build a kind of a relationship with them and a rapport with their staff. Um, there's going to be a f- plenty of their staff members coming here on Friday night as well. Um, we'll make sure they're looked after. You know, it's it's important just to to have that relationship, not just with the the higher the hierarchy or whatever you you, you want to call it in a, in a business or in, in a sponsor, but their kind of day to day staff, the people that are on the ground running the running the the business. Chris in the office up there is is, is saying that. It's all the talk up there, so that's it's great for us to have that relationship with the staff of Avancard, and we're looking forward to seeing them on Friday night. Well, there is one new arrival that's good, definitely going to be in the showgrounds at every home game this season, and that, of course, is your new wall. Now, Leitrim GA had a similar project here. You launched a, a wall in the showgrounds. It seems to have been a massive success for the club in terms of giving people that piece of identity within the club, but also raising much-needed funds. Yeah, of course. As a club here, you know, we're like any club in, in the country, we're we're looking for ways, new ideas to I guess obviously raise vital funds for us to keep keep the show on the road, so to speak. And this is an idea we we've seen it in, in various other places, including with Leitrim J A as you said. Um it's something that 
you know I've been to places like Anfield and there, there's not just a wall there but like in the ground of um, memorial plaques like this but it's not just a memorial wall here it's certainly for supporters that are are um are still still alive and still still um supporting the club and whatever and for those as well that some families have, have bought tiles for those who have passed away so it's a it's a great mixture um of people on the ball supporters and ex-players and families that have supported the club it's something that we wanted to do and it's definitely been a great success you know we've over 300 tiles to go up now um before friday night and i'm sure people will be happy and they like the look of it and they can see it for the first time on friday at the st pat's match and um it's something we're delighted with yeah it's uh, gone really well there are, of course, some other new arrivals. So let's talk about the players that have come in over the off-season. Some interesting signings uh, from the US, from Finland, but also some local lads coming in. Uh, Darren Noon, I know, is a new arrival in the team. Uh, he made his debut on Friday night up in Finn Park. There's also a couple of other faces there as well. Uh, talk to us about kind of how the team is shaping up and, and maybe if there's any more arrivals that we can expect before people hear this on Friday. Yeah, um, so starting with new arrivals, since the, since last year, um, we got Timu Penningkangas from Finland. Um, he's about six foot four, left-sided defender. Um, possibly played out of position in in Bally Buffet um, as a left wing back, although he can can certainly fill the gap there and play that role. But he's probably a little more more comfortable inside. Um, I think he'd be happy enough for his kind of performances in pre-season and in training certainly. Um, he settled in quite well to, to life in Sligo. He's moved in here to an apartment with his partner, and they're happy off the off the pitch. You know, it's something that's important to us to show them um, a bit of care and attention in that regard. You know, it's important that they're happy in their day to day lives, and which will hopefully benefit them on the pitch as well. Um, it's the same at Will Seymour. He's come from um, America. Um, he's living now in Sligo with his girlfriend. They're happy out. They're um, they're enjoying their time here. He settled in. To the town pretty well. Um, it's actually only last night he was out with a local club, coaching their girls team, um, Ballymote Celtic, and it's that type of thing. We try and integrate the the lads, especially the new lads, into Sligo and into the culture, and it all helps out. Um, and a more local than Irish lad, Dara Noon started last Friday night. He's again settled in well here. Um, Jesse Davers from Ballina, another new signing. Um, he was at Finn Harps in Galway and. He had a little bit of a trial period with us in pre-season, and he impressed Liam enough to to um, to get a contract or whatever. He's uh, done well. To be fair, I think he was a bit of a bright spark when he came on on Friday. I thought he kind of livened the game up a little bit. Um, was it was definitely a threat against Finn Harps when he came on, so he'll be happy enough with his little cameo. Um, Gary Buckley uh, from Cork City. Gary's an experienced League of Ireland player. Um, Liam said lately, I think that he he always recognised him as a good player down in Cork, um, someone that impressed him. But since he's seen him kind of day to day and in games, he actually thinks he's a better player than than he thought before. So that's a positive. Gary, um, he'll be looking to kick on, score some goals from midfield this year. Um, now, of course, also on top of that, Daddy Kane was announced during the week. Minor operation will be out for a couple of weeks, if not a month. The injury list is mounting up. How big of a concern is that for the club and I suppose for the supporters? Yeah, it's always a concern when you have some injuries. Um, obviously, we've got the two main ones, uh, John Mahon with the with his fractured tibia 
Um, Regan Donlan's got a shoulder injury. Johnny Kane is a very slight niggle on his ankle, um, so he's got a very minor operation on that just to clear up something. And it was something that was niggling at him for maybe a few months. A few months now, it sort of flared up a little bit. But it's it, as I said, it's um, he was in and out in the same day. You know, it's a very very minor operation and. The uh, the surgeon was very happy. It went very well. So he'll be back in the fold. He'll be back training in the next couple of weeks. You know, and back fit again and ready to go for the season. Um, other than that, Johnny Dunleavy is fine. Yeah, he's he, he was on the bench on Friday night. He's raring to go now this week. So back to contention. Um, yeah. So look, it's always a concern. Um, we've you know, one injury is too much when you have three or four. It's 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 not nice and but look we've a, a squad capable of um, putting in a performance on Friday and in any game so we're confident in the lads that are going to be available and we know they can go and get us results we better finish off by talking about another Leitrim connection and that of course is your central midfielder Niall Moran voted player of the match by the Sligo Rovers supporters from Finn Park on Friday night it's nice to see, from a Leitrim point of view, it's nice to see his development within the squad. How important is it to have local lads representing the Sligo and the neighbouring counties in the squad in, in, in the Bitterhead? Yeah, it's massive to us. Um, our underage structure is um, really based around those local, regional players, not just Sligo lads. You know, we have plenty of lads from Mayo, um, Roscommon, a couple from Donegal, and, and certainly Leitrim as well. Um, Nile is definitely a... A fantastic talent um, in Irish international. He's got a scholarship in IT Sligo. Um, it's one we've set up. Um, he started in September. He's going through his through his college, and he, he's still able to to play full time football with us here. So it's great for him, and um, we can get his education while um, playing in a professional football setup, which is probably the ideal for him. You know, um, he's he's also looking at life after football. So he'll have a qualification in whatever it is three or four years and he can continue on playing with us but um, yeah that local um, the local player is always important to us you know I think the fans can recognise it and kind of respect the local lads and they want to see them doing well and Niall certainly done well on, on Friday and as he has done before I remember his debut or not his debut but one of his first games against Shamrock Rovers on the last day of the season um, I think it was season before last and he was outstanding on the night and just um he's kicked on from that really you know he's he's a mainstay now in the squad and really pushing for that starting 11 uh spot now for this season you know now you've touched on something that will interest certain parents around the county whose whose sons and daughters it must be said uh, play soccer at maybe Sligo Leitrim level or in the Sligo Rovers underage camps and you mentioned that Niall is full-time college and full-time football now my understanding is you train during the day is there a clash there? How does that work? How does it, I suppose, the logistics of that, how how does his day look in terms of when he's in college, when he's at football? Yeah, it's something we've had to kind of get over. Um, it's something we would have kind of agreed with the college. Um, you kind of look at the players individually. Um, you might try and get a gap in their day. So we would have spoke to the timetable and section at the college and they've been great for us. You know, they really helped us and facilitated us. Um, the the lecturers as well have been fantastic. Um, where there has been maybe a day or two where they've missed a lecture, they've we've caught up with them and make sure Niall has been in to get his notes or whatever and he, he can catch up in his, in his own time. We've had to be flexible too. <clears throat> um, there might be certain football sessions we need him here for, 
whereas there might be a gym session that you know we realistically we know that he could do that in his own time in the evening he knows what to do in the gym um, he has his own program so he can go and do that when he's finished college you know during the day so there's flexibility from both sides and I think that's important you know we, we certainly don't want to be putting pressure on these guys um, there's enough going on these days you know we've got to be wary of stress levels on them um, just like, it's stressful enough being a, a full-time professional footballer having to perform in training every week and then perform in front of two and three thousand people at the weekend without having to worry about kind of missing a lecture or catching up on studies and exams coming up so you, you really have to be flexible and you've got to put the student first and the player first and the rest will, will fall into place but it's, it's worked out pretty well for Niall yeah. he's, he's very happy and both college and football seem to be going well for him so um, yeah Excellent. And if there is, I suppose, a parent or even a player out there considering their options for third level, I know CAO time is around this time of year, there's still a change of mind, but even for subsequent years, can they get more information on that programme from the club or from the college or both? Yeah, both really. Um, I'm always available. My email address is visible, I think, on the website or our phone number. So yeah, anyone with any questions at all can just um, pop us a, a quick phone call. We'll, we'll We'll talk to anybody. Um, you need information, or um, you know, we're a very, very open club here. Um, so any parents looking for information on that IT Sligo scholarship or the link up, it's um, it's all available. Just give us a shout, and uh, we look after them. Excellent. Well, listen, Colin, the very best of luck. First home game of the season. You expect that I presume a big bumper crowd of maybe two or three thousand people in the showgrounds on Friday night promises to be a great night there'll be good Leitrim representation there as well with Avant-Card bringing a mass from Carrick and Shannon and the surrounding areas so uh, the very best of luck to you and I hope uh, you get the results you're looking for on Friday night yeah that's great thanks Milan. we're looking forward to it and hopefully um, anyone that comes here will have a, a good experience and um, enjoy the season ahead that of course is a 7.45 kickoff. we better remind people in the sh- showgrounds it's not the traditional Saturday night because of the two games over the weekend it is Friday night this week and uh, always a good night out love going out to the showgrounds and the very best luck to Sligo Rovers on, Saturday- on Friday night thanks very much Colin thank you bye bye see you soon Of course, it's not just in the Premier Division where there's action in the region this weekend. We look at the First Division now, and I'm joined by Longford Town's Dara Doyle, ahead of his first full season as manager of the club. Dara, welcome back to the programme. Thanks very much. Great to speak to you, Bethan. In terms of your, I suppose, next couple of months, it's your first season in the main job. You you came in at the very end of last season when Neil Fenn left to go to Cork City, and uh, how has your last couple of months been since you got the job on a full-time basis? I know we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, but but with pre-season now done, you're ahead of a, a league campaign that you probably didn't even really expect, uh, whether it was going to come round or not. There was so much uncertainty in the last few weeks. How is your uh, frame of mind coming into the, the opening of the season tomorrow night? Yeah, listen, it's all good. Like you say, it was a long off-season, and when I was appointed um, at the end of last season, um, really got straight to work with retaining players, getting new players on board, getting training ground sorted. So really lots to do with the manager of the club to get ready for pre-season, which we officially came back in early January. We did a couple of sessions in uh, December just to keep ourselves ticking over once or twice a week. We did a pitch session and then we'd have a gym session once at the weekend. Keep going and um, in preparation for when we get into pre-season that we'd have done a little bit already, which a lot of the lads had done. Pre-season itself has gone very well. We've played um, five or six Premier teams 
we've had a number of in-house games. So if that's gone well from that point of view, and like I say, we've retained and signed really good players and added one or two from the underage structure into the into the first team squad. So um, from our point of view, with the, with the first team, we're raring to go come at start of the season. Obviously, made the playoffs last year, having looked like potential league winners early on in the season. It kind of dipped off towards the end, but the last couple of games it really picked up with a bit of excitement as the playoffs progressed. What's the expectation going into this year's campaign? And the the expectation is for promotion. I mean, we've we've retained. I feel that some of the strongest players at the club. We'd one or two that moved on, and Anthony Breslin to Bowes, and obviously Connor kind of uh, retired, and then we had Aaron Dobbs who moved on to Shells before I was appointed. So. We've retained really strong players. We've added really good players to the group. You mentioned the last season where we had a little fall. It was possibly the, the mid part of the season. I felt that that hurt us a bit, where it was sort of got to a stage where we were win lose, win lose to a point for five or six weeks, which which didn't help. But in the big picture, if we had been able to, in some of them games where we had a number of chances, take some of them chances, I felt we could have won them games. So we, we were probably lacking that out and out centre forward scored as loads of goals last year to to pull us where we wanted to be at the top end of the table. Um, that's something we looked at at the end of the season and we identified a few players that we'd be happy to get in and thankfully the couple of targets that we, we looked at from an attacking point of view with Rob Manley and James English and Niall Barnes as another wide player to come in have been really, really positive steps for the club and I think they'd be great additions and really help fire us um, to the goals that we need this year to be where we want to be. So are you looking at winning the title or is is it pl- through the playoffs that you think is a uh... The, the route no, to that promotion we, 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 we'd, we'd like to win the league I think that's, that's good we've said that to the lads from day one that, that that has to be our aim at the club with the players that we have there and the ambition and everything going for the club so that has to be our ambition I mean you've seen last season you mentioned the playoffs at the end against Cabin Pedy in which we lost some penalties although I felt we were, we were the better side we, we didn't get the goals that we needed to win the game and then it goes to like you're saying a penalty shootout it can go anyway and Unfortunately, on the night, that didn't go our way. So we want to avoid the possibility of a lottery and going to penalties and the heartache that we felt that night. We don't want to even get to them stages this year. If we can go and win the league and, and perform game after game after game, hopefully that will put us in a strong position where we can challenge to win the title. On a personal level, I mentioned it's your first season uh, in charge from day one. How has that compared to previous years when you would have been, say, number two in, in clubs like this? Yeah, just a lot busier, to be honest. Um, lots more responsibility and a lot more decision-making that has to be done that really falls on you and it, it'll be your decision-making on a lot of the things. So that's where you, where you have to come up with. Um, sometimes you have to make hard decisions on, on players and offers and contracts and just decision-making in general. But um, I think that's the only real part of um, things that I think has been that bit of extra. I've always been heavily involved in the last few years in pre-season and preparing for the season. But Really now, when you're the manager of the club, everything falls down on you with regards to the decisions to be made. And I'm happy to be in that position to do that this year. Now you're talking about a title campaign. In terms of rivals who you see challenging for that title, I know Galway have invested heavily over the, the winter, as have Bray, I suppose, have brought in a couple of names. UCD are always a fairly nice type of football and side that always compete in the first division. Who do you see being amongst the teams that are going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season? If you've mentioned a couple there, I do feel that all of them will be in the mix. You've mentioned Galway, who have invested heavily in the squad in the off-season. They've brought in a number of experienced players that should stand to them and help them to challenge and, and be a more formidable side than last season. You have Drogheda, who, who've retained a lot of players similar to ourselves and added to the quality to their group. So 
I'd expect them to be challenging also. You mentioned UCD have come down and um, I think we'll need to see how they start the season to where they can possibly go again. They've, they've a lot of younger um, students in the team this year with a lot of the more experienced ones having moved on at the end of last season or during the season last year, which might not help them for, for this season to, to have a push for automatic promotion straight away, but time will tell them that. Um, Cove seems to have recruited pretty well and you have Captain Seedy with Pat Devlin who's a very shrewd manager and although he's lost a number of players I'm sure uh, he'd expect to be to be in, in and around the mix so it, it, it seems to be an exciting year where a number of teams have strengthened them and have ambitions to be challenging at the right end of the table so no, it, it makes for a good season I think One team who won't be in the league this year is Limerick they competed last year despite the off-field issues uh, Tommy Barrett very vocal about where that was going they're no longer in the league they didn't apply for a licence in the end despite taking the FAI to court what's your take on the whole situation in Limerick are you disappointed that Treaty United aren't in the, the competition this year? Um, but no listen I'm really disappointed that Limerick don't have a club that can be in, in, in League of Ireland football and they should and the city of Limerick deserves to have a team now the way if you look at some of the stories coming out along of, of Limerick last season even as regards as, as the Sean Russell incident with players that weren't looked after and the standards that we should have in this in this uh, league and player welfare that wasn't always right there so I mean that that some of the things that happened at the club weren't great um, but as a club I would have liked really like you're saying Limerick get their house in order and have a squad in the league that could challenge it might be the case that they, they need to get their house in order and look to get back in next season one team who are taking their place for this season at least is Shamrock Rovers Reserve, Shamrock Rovers B. And they're your first opponents tomorrow night in the new uh, Bishopsgate, the new name for what I suppose most people would know as Strokestown Road or there's been a couple of other sponsorship deals over the years. How much are you aware of what Shamrock Rovers B are going to look like on the pitch? And, and is it kind of weird? Because I know you sp- the clubs have said they don't, didn't want to play against Shamrock Rovers, didn't want them in the league y- unanimously. But yet, here yeah. they are uh, playing on Saturday night. What's your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, I, I think all the other nine clubs made it quite clear to the FEI and the, the I think it was the National League executive or whatever it might have been that they were not in favour of Shamrock Rovers having a reserve team in the first division. From a personal point of view, I don't think a first division is a place for a reserve team. And we're not like other countries in Spain, Germany, you name it, on the continent that have four or five full-time professional leagues and can have a second team further down then. But we're not like that. We have one more or less professional league and, like I say, more or less a part-time first division at the moment. So I, I don't feel it's, it's a place for a reserve team. But in saying that, they've marketed themselves as Shamrock Rovers too. So I would expect them to have a totally separate squad to the Premier Division squad. And, and that's something that we don't have clarity at the moment. But they haven't, we haven't been given any type of squad list for Shamrock Rovers, so we don't know what possible players they're going to use. We don't know what rules are going to be um, legislated as regards the last time they were in the league, they were allowed a goalkeeper plus three first-team players drop down to play with the reserves, as the second team as they were. And I don't think that that takes the integrity of the league into question, and in my opinion, when on one certain week, and it could work for you or against you, that one particular week, three or four good players from the first team drop down to play in the first division, um, and they may get a result and then the following week they may have no players from the first team dropping down so from that point of view it, it takes some of the uh, results and questions the integrity of them with that so that's why I feel it's very important that the FER are strong on this and they, they ensure that Shamrock Rovers like every single other team in the first division 
give in a first division squad list and only players from the first division squad list should be allowed to play in the first division. I have no problem with that, but I feel it's wrong for first team players from a Premier Division squad to be dropping down to play in the first division. I know it, it's like I think I said it to someone else. It'd probably be akin to us similar if Slider were playing on a Friday night and four or five players weren't used and us ringing Sligo up and saying, well, they didn't play. Can we have four players to play in our first team on Saturday night? And I think that's the that thing that a lot of clubs are having difficulties with accepting. And I know I'm getting asked a lot of questions about it in particular, and that's because we played them first. And it, it's not a pop of Shamrock Rovers whatsoever because how they're doing things at that club and it's, it's excellent. You look at the facilities they have there for the underage side and their academy and listen, they're streets ahead of everybody else at the moment. They really are and they've developed a lot of really, really good players who I feel this year will, will perform and do well for them in the first division. But um, yeah, I think that listen, that's my that's my take on it. But I just really want to concentrate on getting playing. If we're playing them this weekend, we'll have a squad and a team ready to take them on and uh, do what we need to do to get a result in the game. And that's what we need to be focused on. You say if you're playing them, is that still a... Question mark over that? Yeah. Um, well, from the, I haven't heard different at the moment. I know we've been talking about it previously, and the nine clubs played since playing for teams to be quite unanimous in their um, decision making on it. I haven't heard anything differently as far as I'm concerned. I haven't been involved enough, so I'm preparing a squad to play them at the weekend. If anything else comes out, we assume any type of statement will be made from, from the clubs. And chairman and whoever's involved in the first division alliance. Um, so, from my point of view, that's something that I, I stay out of to a point because my team, my job is to have the team prepared to play on match day and make sure I, I have that regardless of who are playing every single weekend. Okay, well, obviously, we are recording this a couple of days before it goes out on Friday. So, today is Wednesday as we're recording this. So, I'm sure local media will let you know whether that game is going ahead or not if you're listening to this. and thinking of going along. Kick-off at 7.30 in Bishopsgate, which is formerly City Calling Stadium on the Strokestown Road in Longford. And I'm sure Dara and his team would appreciate all your support uh, on Saturday evening in Longford. Dara, thank you very much for joining me and the very best luck for the season and, of course, for the game, whatever happens on Saturday evening. Yeah, listen, that's very much appreciated. Thanks very much. Now, last weekend was dominated by Storm Dennis, but there was some sport that went ahead, and we did mention on Monday's show when we spoke to one of our coaches, Dave Rooney, that we will be chatting to Mern on this show today. And I'm delighted to say Mern Devaney joins me now after being involved with the Irish Under-17 ladies team last weekend. Mern, welcome back to the programme. Oh, thanks, Bethany. Mern, tell us about what it's like to pull on a green jersey and represent your country in international games because it must be a hell of a buzz. Yeah, look, it's great. It's getting to the season now where it's um, it's competition time and everybody's looking to get onto the first eleven or, in other cases, onto the the squad for the camp. Looking off, I was on the first eleven for the two games, so I was delighted with that and just a great experience. Look at when you have big crowd turning out on a wet, windy day in in Waterford. It makes it so enjoyable. Just a good atmosphere around the place. Obviously, Iceland well on known in international circles now for having invested really really heavily in their underage teams and they kind of they overshoot the mark in terms of where they should be for the population uh, that they have in that country they've really stepped up at underage level what was it like playing against them compared to some of the teams you've played against at that level before yeah definitely it was a massive step up from when we went to Lithuania I think we had it a bit too easy when when we went out there Iceland really brought put us to the test on 
uh, Friday and Sunday, they were we had done a bit of um, looking into some of their players and did a few signing professional contracts at 16 and 17. And a few of them were nieces of some of the greatest players that ever played for soccer for Iceland. And, you know, look, it's great to get the experience to play against some players that would be like, you'd never see them in the Women's National League in Ireland. So look at it. It's class when you're playing against such good standards. You must be getting used to these kind of big stages now, whether it's with Leitrim underage or most recently when you made your debut. Did you make your debut with Leitrim? Was that your first senior game last week? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So it's, it's been all go for you for the last few weeks. In terms of um, this kind of stage, the Women's National League last year, you've been on that international scene for a couple of years now. Um, do you take this in your stride or, or do you realise the, the significance of, of representing your country? Oh, yeah, like I definitely do. But like, sure, you just have to take it as another game. Like you can't really dwell on it too much or you mightn't get the performance that you want for yourself. So look, you just got to take it as it's just another match and go out and try and do what you can. Of course, these teammates last weekend are your rivals week in, week out in the Women's National League. How weird is that kind of girls you might have had a kick from or a kick against in the last season and now you're working with them in an Irish context? Ah, sure. It's it's good crack, I suppose, when you're when you're kicking them and they're kicking you in the women's national league, and then some of them are your best friends. Then when you go into camp, so look at it's brilliant. It it makes it very enjoyable to get a, a laugh out of it, and it's good. Yeah, it's good crack. Is there that little bit of rivalry though at the same time underneath it all about maybe who won the last game between you? Ah, there's always a bit of slagging, and but sure, it wouldn't be the same if, if there wasn't. <laughs> One of those instances, I suppose, you came off in the second game with about 10 or 15 minutes to go and replaced by Kate O'Dowd. She was on your team last year in Sligo, won't be on your team this year after moving to P-Mount. Um, has that come up at all? Uh, not really. We, no, we, we didn't really pass my teeth. Ah, there was a bit of questions, but sure, look, it's, it's got to do with it. If she moved, made the move probably for just, probably wanted a change in football. She'd been with Rovers for two years and Maybe she just wanted a, a change of scene, so that's everybody to their own. Very diplomatic. I like it. Um, what's next for you, Mern? Obviously, the Women's National League starts back in Sligo this year for their under-17 team. You made your debut with the senior side in Leitrim. Are you hoping to keep both of those teams the whole way through the summer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Look, at sure. we'll, we'll take every match as it comes and see what brings us to just look at we're trying to... We have the elites now at the end of March for this. We'll play Serbia, Austria and Denmark. And hopefully, if we if we qualify from there, we go to the the Euros. So look at that would be a, a dream come true. So at the moment, um, the the Ireland 17s is is my main priority. But look, yeah, everything will everything will fall into place. Normally does so. Yeah, it's ten years since Ireland got to a European final at that level, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility. That team, of course, with the likes of Denise O'Sullivan, Megan Campbell, who've gone on to to be, and others who've gone on to represent Ireland at senior level. Um, What's the expectation going into those games? Like uh, Serbia, Austria, and Denmark would be fairly strong at that level with in women's football. Yeah, they would. But look, we've been given a good account of ourselves so far. Like we went out to Lithuania and we got three very impressive wins. We ten nil. Most scores were high. We didn't concede any goals, and we put, really put it up to Iceland again this weekend. Last year, the 17th went out to Iceland and played them, lost 5-2 and 3-0. So, 
so I think we're we're progressing and we have high hopes for ourselves and we're we're hoping to maybe put a put a mark in the calendar for May and head to Sweden. So hopefully that we can do that. What kind of a difference has um, James Scott made to the the whole campaign? Oh look at his class! Like you, literally everything he says, you just you take it on board. He's that good. Like he just the amount of time and effort he puts into getting player profiles of the other team, giving feedback, everything. Like he just puts his heart and soul into it, and look at that makes it so much easier for us. Then we know what we have to do when we go out, and we just have to play because he has all the hard work done in the background. I suppose we better mention before we finish up, uh, congratulations on the Connacht title with St. Clair's Comprehensive as well. Uh, massive achievement for the girls up there to, to keep those titles coming in over the years. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Sure, I Connacht final every year since I, I was in first year. So hopefully we can keep that going now and go uh, a step further like two years ago and get to the All-Ireland final. So hopefully... That's the next on the plan. Well, listen, it sounds like you're ridiculously busy, Murren. The very best luck to you with all of your different endeavours, with the school, with the county, with the club, and now with Ireland. And and hopefully uh, there's more success down the line for you. Thanks very much for joining me. Thanks, Patrick. Now, fresh from international representation from a young female from Manor Hamilton, it's like buses. You get one, and then a second one comes along straight away afterwards. This time, I'm delighted to say it's Hannah Johnson who is representing her country, and she has been called into the Ireland Under-18 squad for rugby for their training camp and their match against the Scottish Under-18s this weekend in Inverclyde in Scotland. Hannah joins me now. Hannah, welcome back to the programme. Thanks, Bertie. Thanks for having me. It is a busy, busy period for you. I know you're just fresh from the Connacht Championship win with St. Clair's Comp a couple of weeks ago uh, in the with the girls' Gaelic football team. Murren, of course, a part of that as well. But now you're facing a little bit of a journey over to Scotland to have a, a, a first opportunity to play at international level with the Irish under-18 side. You must be absolutely delighted. Yeah, I am. It's a great opportunity I've never had anything like this before so yeah I'm really excited about it now obviously we've talked to you on the program you've you've been involved with Connacht at interprovincial level even won an interprovincial I think 18 months ago with Connacht at under 18 level uh, this is a bit of a step up though what's the thoughts going through your mind ahead of the weekend um thoughts just uh, played to the best of my ability and just show them what I can do really it's just rugby at the end at the end of the day. And sure, like we're all in the same boat really. Um all the girls are coming from provincial level. It's not like they've they've all been on this squad before. This is the first year of an under eighteen um fifteen squad. So yeah, just do my best, I suppose. How has your season been going? I know you had an injury, I think you you hurt your arm, did you break your hand earlier in the year? Yeah, um so obviously I broke my hand there, but um it's fully recovered now, so everything rugby-wise and football-wise are going well. Tell us about the, the camp. What what actually will be involved? When do you to leave to Scotland? We Our flight is um, Friday afternoon, and then we'll arrive in Scotland, and then I think just take it easy Friday for the evening, relax. And then Saturday will be a day of training, We'll have a few sessions and then Sunday we're supposed to play the Scotland under-18s and then fly back Sunday evening. It's all very, very exciting. Any idea really, because it's the first time the squad's been together, there's no real expectation going into the game, but would you be hoping to, to, to get a result or is it the performance that's all that matters at this level? 
Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I always hope to win, but um, yeah, sure. Like, I really don't know. I don't know what the Scottish standard will be. I know their seniors are pretty good, but then if you compare them to Ireland, like Ireland, normally our senior women would normally be but yeah, really. As well as this, obviously, it comes on the back of strong performances for Connacht and Sligo, your your club. Tell us a bit about the team in Sligo and, and who else is involved and, and how your season's been going so far. Yeah, well, this season and this year, we've been really good. We have a really good team. Um, they've developed a lot in, in the last year, yeah. Yeah, we've been doing well. We're in a, it's a plate final, I think, in the next few weeks against Balna. So that's good. I mean, it's a problem. I was imagine last year there wasn't enough numbers for it. But no, yeah, we're, we're doing really well this year. Will you be involved with Connacht again this season, obviously under 18 or under 19 in provincials? Yeah, hopefully. That's the plan. In terms of, I suppose, your career going forward, do you find it difficult to, to keep the two balls in the air, literally in terms of the rugby and the Gaelic football? How do you manage to, to juggle both? Um... Well, I mean, it's okay. Like, it's busy. It's always busy, but um, I like it. I like, I like the the challenge of it. Yeah, no, but it's good. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. But it's hard keeping everybody happy when you've got school and club. I know and it club. is. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the biggest um, challenge, I suppose. Once you can get past that, it's it's fine, really. Yeah, well, listen, Hannah, I want to wish you the very best of luck to you on Sunday and Saturday, I suppose, over the whole camp of the weekend, but the game on Sunday as well. Uh, and I hope you're involved and I hope you get a chance to, to play and obviously stay injury-free as well. So the very, very best of luck to you and your teammates as you kind of take that next step in your rugby career. It's great to been follow you over the last few months and years um, with Connacht Rugby, with Sligo Rugby. So the very, very best of luck to you. Thank you, Bethany. Thanks so much. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. In fact, it's way more than we had time for today. We didn't want to leave anybody out, though. So we hope you enjoyed our roundup of everything to do from a sporting context over the weekend. Whether you're heading to Park Sean, the showgrounds, Markovich Park, or up to Cooley with the girls, or even Bishopsgate, yep, Bishopsgate in Longford for Longford Town's game tomorrow night. It promises to be an exciting weekend of action wherever you happen to be. I'm probably going to go to most of them, uh, and I will be reporting back to you on Monday, as usual, with all the action from the weekend. I'll be back tomorrow with a look at what's on or over the weekend around the county. I talk to you then.